Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. You can catch a live recording of the show over on YouTube where I stream every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Go subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. It's Angela Ucci, Heaven and Healing Podcast, and be sure to ring the bell to be notified for live stream reminders and more. Whatever platform you're currently listening on, please give the show a five-star rating and written review to help get this into more people's ears. And please consider partnering with the ministry as Heaven and Healing is entirely crowdfunded. There are different options to support the show down in the episode description. Thank you so much for your continued support and prayers. Enjoy the episode and God bless. all about the technical difficulty what i am gonna say is like we are living on a prayer like we are living out the bon jovi song right now so um if it if if it like combusts into the atmosphere again then like i'm just gonna have to reschedule i'm sorry we're gonna pray please just pray because prayer the lord hears the prayers of the righteous so this episode is really appropriate for honestly what I'm going through because this is all about mind renewal, right? Being not conformed by the ways of the world, but, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. So for me to be conformed by the, by the ways of the world would be for me to just complain about this. For me to be transformed would be, thank you, Lord, that you're giving me the chance to do this again. Okay. So it's apropos to the situation. Um, I want to just first start by wishing y'all a Merry Christmas. If you did celebrate and a happy new year, this is the last live stream of 2023. I think this topic is super appropriate to ring in the new year with, um, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already share this link to your Instagram, if you are able to do so and be sure to stick around until the end for the closing prayer and to hang out in the live chat. God willing, we make it this far, right? Um, I want to start by mentioning something interesting about this series that I've noticed in particular, this, uh, spiritual warfare for Christian series. Um, there's not as much engagement from this series as there are from some of my other videos, right? Like where I expose the demonic aspects of astrology or the Enneagram, for instance, like things like that. And I just think it's really interesting because it lends to an unfortunate truth that I've come to observe amongst much of the body of Christ. Okay. And that is that there is so much obsession with the darkness. Like I'm guilty of this myself. And look, don't get me wrong. Like we live in a world of darkness. I understand that it's important to be vigilant of it. It's important to expose it. Scripture commands us to do both of those things, but we are never called to be consumed by it. Right. We're never called to be consumed by the darkness. In fact, we are told to walk in the light as he is the light. Yet there seems to be significantly less interest in this series that really is a call to walk in the light as he is the light, as there is with other stuff that's just all about the darkness. So I've just noticed this in general, just, you know, on Instagram and um, by and large that we always want to be a shining light on the, what we always want to be shining light on what are oh, words. We always want to be shining light on what is dark 
rather than having any focus on just shining, right? People want to be entertained, but they don't want to be edified. And that's really what this whole series is about, though. It's about shining. It's about edification because the true key to fighting spiritual warfare is not to obsess over the darkness. It's to actually rejoice in the light. So it's not always about fighting hell. It's a matter of agreeing with heaven. But that seems to be less attractive as far as content goes. And I really see that as a problem. Um, not for me, like, it's not about like, oh no, my engagement is low. I don't mean a problem for me. I mean like a problem for the body of Christ because, you know, it's like I said before in this series, we don't always have to plead the blood of Jesus. We just have to actually apply it to our lives because the blood of Jesus is not an incantation. It's a promise. My lips are very chapped. Forgive me. But that mindset, right? That doesn't get as many views because instead of holding the devil and demons accountable for everything, this is actually holding us accountable for something. And we just don't want to be held accountable. It's easier to make the devil wrong than it is to make us wrong. I'm even going to go as far as to say it's even easier to make God wrong, right? Oh, it's just his will that I'm suffering than it is to make us wrong. But guess what? The devil loves when we do that because it gives him all the attention. He loves attention. He loves attention. Now, of course, um, our enemy, the evil one, is indeed the prince of the world. He is an adversary prowling around, seeking someone to devour. And he is constantly, um, he is constantly trying to exhaust, distract, overcome, overrule, all those things. His primary goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy what? Your faith, your identity, your walk, your time, your children, your marriage, your fellowship, your prayer life, your Bible time, your purpose, your freedom, your endurance, your will, your life, everything. Like there, there are no limits. He wants everything. And the Bible says we can't be ignorant to his devices. So don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we got to put up blinders and ignore what the devil is doing or just play make pretend. Um, to the fact that, you know, we don't live in a demonic world because we do, we surely do. But the truth remains, right, that the Bible promises if we submit to God, the devil will flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So that is what I want to focus the spiritual warfare series on, the submission to God. But people don't want that because it actually requires something of them to submit. It requires our surrender, a total surrender of our will in submission to God's, right? It's a submission. I'm sorry. It's a surrender to our faith in him. And here's the thing. We know from James that faith without works is dead. So that indicates a deepening of faith does actually take a little bit of work, right? But we don't like that part. We bypass that part of scripture a lot of the time that doesn't just focus on intellectualizing our faith, but actually empowers our faith. And again, it's because many of us, we just don't want to take accountability for anything, right? And I think I had a little bit of that when I first came to Christ, especially because I was so used to doing the work in the new age that I just kind of wanted to put my feet up and be like, yay, grace, but grace empowers, right? Grace actually empowers 
So yeah, that's just something I noticed, right? If the video is about casting out demons or something, that's going to get tons of traction, which is not to say that there's no value in that. I mean, trust me, I know there is. Demons need to be cast out. But remember what I said in the first part of this series, in the repentance video that we started with, to make sure you're casting the log out of your own eye before you're worried about casting out a demon. So yeah, yeah, people just have, haven't been as enticed by this spiritual warfare series because it's more focused on us than the devil. Casting out demons, everyone's all about that. Sign me up of repentance, forgiveness, mind renewal, things that require something from me. Um, things that require me to run the race of my endurance, like Hebrews 12 says, no thank you. <laughs> and that just makes me sad. And again, it's not because I care about the views or the likes. It's not why I do this. But because the Lord is just really revealing to me how complacent his people have a tendency to be. And I really feel his heart of grief for that because he wants us to know him. Like that is what is most important to him is for us to know him intimately. That is why Jesus always puts such an emphasis on faith all throughout scripture, because our faith matters to him. Our faith matters to him more than his own deity, right? I say this all the time that he could have easily just been like all throughout the gospels, like, you're welcome. You're welcome for healing you. I'm the son of God. Yay me. But he doesn't say that. He says, your faith has made you well. Faith is important to him. I will preach about that until I'm blue in the face. Our belief matters. And that's not, for the record, my old new age beliefs creeping into my teaching like I always get accused of. No, that's literally your Bible, guys. We're going to actually get into that a little bit later, that whole uh, accusation of your new age beliefs are creeping in. No. So that all being said, we all know I have long intros. Um, if you're watching this, it's because you're genuinely hungry for him, especially if you just went through that hour of waiting for this to be live again, right? So I would just want to exhort you because you you don't just follow Jesus to survive in this life. Your interest in this series indicates that. You don't follow Jesus just to survive. You follow Jesus to thrive by his life. And so, yeah, I just want to exhort you and encourage you for that. Um, because the Lord loves that you take his word seriously. He really does. And the more I seek his face, the more he reveals this stuff to me. Not from a place where he's feeding me like some sort of hidden knowledge or secret revelation. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that this is all actually so easily accessible to all of us. And not everyone is, uh, is hungry for it as we perhaps are, right? Because it's that childlike faith. That's what he wants, the childlike faith. Faith that just believes, faith that follows. It's not analytical, it's not intellectual theology. It's childlike faith. It's truth revealed to us by his finished work on the cross. And it's truth that has been made ours because he himself gave himself for us. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So yeah, long introduction. <laughs> if you can't tell by now, the spiritual warfare series for Christians is all about faith. And this one titled Mind Renewal is, spoiler alert, about your faith. Just like part one on repentance was about your faith. Just like part two on forgiveness was about your faith. Part three is about your faith too. So let's talk about it. 
Maybe you can use context clues to um, guess what parts four and five will center around with that being said. Um, no, but see, like, that's the not-so-secret hack of all of this, y'all. Our spiritual warfare is fought by faith. We fight not against flesh and blood. It's faith. So let's get into it. If you haven't already watched parts one and two, I highly encourage you to do so. You don't have to click out of this live right now. You're not going to be like missing anything, but just make it a point this week before part four drops next week to get the other two under your belt. And I'm going to remind you again, if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already, pause for water. Um, at the end of this chat or at the end of this stream, I will close in a prayer. We'll hang out in the chat. I'm going to tell you about the shirt that I'm wearing, all of the things. Please stick around. So here we go. What is mind renewal? What is mind renewal? It's best summed up in Romans 12, 2, where it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So mind renewal is being transformed, not conformed. It's actually incredibly simple, but we complicate it so much in the body of Christ, don't we? Because we fight for our right to somehow have both. The conformity and the transformation. And I just want to speak for a moment to how I see that manifest itself in my comment section, especially on Instagram, because, you know, I find that a lot of you people on YouTube here, you're here because you love me. Whereas a lot of people on Instagram seem to be there because they are looking to listen for things they disagree with. And that's where I see a lot of the, well, I want to have both, right? I want to be a sinner and a saint. I want to be depressed and full of joy. I want to be conformed and transformed. I can have both of those things. And it's like that schizophrenic mindset. And I don't say that disrespectfully. I say that in such a way where it comes back to what I've said before, right? We'd rather make God wrong than make ourselves wrong. And that's what that lends to. It lends to, you know, scripture says that we love not our own life unto death. So if you love not your own life unto death, what right do you have to be offended by something? What right do you have to take something personally? What right do you have to walk around bothered, right? You know, these people are telling me they're anxious, they're depressed, they have trauma, they have mental illness, they have this, they have that. It's a lot and I empathize. I truly, truly empathize. But it's all that I hear. I have this. I have that. Let me have my trauma. It's never, I have the finished work of the cross. So I'm not saying it doesn't matter what you've been through. I'm saying what he went through matters more. What he went through matters more because what he went through was to defeat what you have been through and to walk you through whatever it is you will go through. And so I just find a lot of the time that people always want to tell me about what they've been conformed to rather than what they've been transformed by. And then they get mad at me when I encourage their focus on what they have been transformed by. The cross. Jesus. But the scripture here in Romans 12, 2 is so clear and so simple. Be not conformed, be transformed. And there's a purpose for that. There's a purpose for that. Why? 
it's to, like the verse says, to discern what is the will of God, which is described as good, acceptable, and perfect. That's not me saying that. That's your Bible that says that. And so do you think these old identities of sick and traumatized and broken and anxious and defeated and sinful and struggling and broken and beaten down, does any of that sound good, acceptable, and perfect? Does any of that sound like the will of God? Or does it sound like we should stop making everything about what we've been through and focus on what he's been through? Does it sound like we should not be conformed by what we went through, but instead be transformed by what he went through? Because what he, what Christ went through as God made manifest in the flesh, hallelujah, was for you. That is his will to bear your burdens. Okay. So understand that I'm not saying this as a place or from a place to condemn you or to shame you. I'm saying this because I love you and because I know what Jesus's heart is because I've read the scriptures. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's so yours doesn't have to be heavy. I don't want to see you walk around with that heaviness because I know the savior who has told you his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I know the savior who tells us what? To cast our anxieties onto him. Do you know what cast means? It just means get away from yourself. Give it to him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you so much. He cares for you so much. Okay? He cares for you so much and he proved that for you on the cross. Mind renewal is your mind renewed by his grace rather than conformed by your experiences. Okay, I'll say that again. Mind renewal is mind renewal is your mind renewed by his grace rather than conformed by your experiences. Because here's the thing, the ways of this world always going to make it about you. That's secularism. That's Satanism. Self-centeredness. Pride. It's the very sin that got the devil kicked out of heaven to begin with. That pride, that self-centeredness, right? That self-centeredness, that conformity to self. And you know, a lot of the time when we hear to be not conformed to this world, we think of things like habits, you know, like what we listen to, what we watch, what we do or do not celebrate, wink, wink, if you just celebrated Christmas, how we talk, what we, what relationships we have, how we dress, all of these things. I do that too. I've done that too. And I've preached on that with different subjects because the context is wide. But honestly, it's more than just those things, right? It's more than just those things that are kind of on the outside. It's the heart. It says the Lord sees the heart, not the outward appearance. It's belief. It's do not be conformed to this world in the context of John 17, where it says they are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. 
As you sent me into this world, so I have sent them into the world. We are not conformed to this world because we are not of the world. But according to Jesus, we have been sent into the world. Why? To live in it as a transformed people. It says we have been sent out as he has been sent out. That means we're supposed to reflect his image, which is not of this world, right? Anxiety, sin, depression, fear, trauma, condemnation, shame, guilt, remorse, anger, bitterness, hostility, hardenedness, wickedness. Are any of these things the image of God? Are any of these things discerned as the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Or does all that stuff sound like it's still conformity to the world? which Satan is the prince of, by the way. The ways of this world, which are not of, or which we are not of, the ways of this world, which we are not of, are in fact the ways of the darkness, which you have been transferred from. Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us of the, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Okay. You have been delivered from the world. You have been delivered from the world because you've been delivered from the dominion of darkness. Satan, the prince of darkness is also the prince of the world. You have been delivered from the world. You are sent into the world. You are not of the world. So stop conforming to the lies of the world. Stop conforming to the lies of the darkness. You have been sent into the world as he was sent into the world. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind in faith that that is true, right? You have been transferred to the kingdom of Christ. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind in faith that that is true because it is true, right? God's word never returns void. Be transformed because you have been transferred. Be transformed because you have been transferred. First Corinthians 6.10 tells us that we are bought with a price, okay? you Is one of the cameras just not working again? Both, of, both, both the other cameras stopped working for no reason. It's fine, everything's fine. It's fine. That, you know, that, that's fine. It's fine. First Corinthians 610 tells us uh, that we are bought with a price. Okay. You are not your own. You are his. You belong to him. But the world is going to keep tempting you back to yourself. Okay. The darkness is going to keep tempting you away from the light, the light that he is. The light that you are instructed to walk in as he is. Because again, the ways of this world that you're not to be conformed to is self-centeredness. And self-centeredness is a wretched lie. Like it really is. You can't allow your mind to be renewed in his perfect will if you're constantly focused on conforming to your own will. Because our personal will is worldliness. It is self-seeking. It's why we needed him to die on our behalf in the first place. 
because that will of worldliness, it conforms to self. It conforms to I. It's the curse of Adam. It's the kingdom of darkness. But your Bible says you have been transferred from that. You see why this is a faith thing? Because Jesus wants you to believe him. When he heals people in the gospels again, he tells them it is by accordance of their own faith. And people get mad a lot in the body of Christ when you say that, but it, it's just what Jesus said. Like, it, it's what Jesus said. It's what Jesus said over and over and over and over. It's what all the gospels say. It's what the entire scripture is built upon from Genesis to Revelation, faith. But people don't like hearing that. You know why? Because they're still conformed to the ways of the world. And I'm not saying that to be mean. Again, I'm saying that because I love you and love tells the truth and love edifies and Jesus told the truth. And Jesus' biggest point of despair when he was here manifest in the flesh was the faithlessness of the generation. The faithlessness, oh ye of little faith, right? I imagine that hasn't changed. Our Bibles tell us after all that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Now, that being said, what is mind renewal? to kind of wrap that all up, it's when you stop assessing yourself through yourself and assess yourself through him instead. Okay, we have Colossians 2, 6 here. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Someone tell that to my Instagram comments, overflowing with thankfulness. Now hear me when I say this, okay? Because I don't wanna paint this picture of like Pollyanna positivity, that everything is a Christian, the sunshine and rainbows, you're never gonna struggle because it's not true and I'm not what I'm, and it's not what I'm saying. And I know people are gonna misunderstand me regardless of how much scripture I share or how much I explain or how much I stress repeatedly that I just love y'all and I want you to walk in the freedom that he died for. Regardless of all that, there will always be people that hear what I'm not saying, which is biblical because even Jesus says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. But I can only do my best to honor him in all things, right? Including my speech. So I don't make these sorts of disclaimers to like try and save face or to level with people that I know are gonna listen just to disagree. It's because I genuinely do want those who do have the ears to hear, all y'all in the chat right now, to hear the love behind this preaching because it is love that edifies. And I know I get passionate. <laughs> I know I get loud. But I just pray my Italian excitement does not override the love that comes from it all. Okay. So anyway, to that point, um, I want to honor the fact that, yes, look, okay, we do go through challenges. I get it. We go through challenges. We go through trials. We go through circumstances and tribulations. All that I've spoken of above is not saying that any of those things don't happen. It's a consequence of living in the world. And any of us who have read the Bible certainly know that Jesus endured his, his portion of suffering in the world. So from his own lips, right? A servant is not above the master. We are not exempt from trial. We are not exempt from trial. We are not exempt from hardship. We are not exempt from less than glamorous circumstances. 
We are not exempt from enduring a cup that we may plead with God to take from us like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? We are not exempt. That's not what I'm saying. But we are still called walk in the light as he is the light. We have been sent out as he has been sent out, remember? And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wasn't shaken. He felt something, but he was not conformed by that feeling. Jesus surrendered to the will of his father. He surrendered to the transformation of renewal. And that same Jesus told us to follow him, to pick up our cross. That means we too are to be transformed by the renewing, right? We're to be transformed by the renewing. Okay. So yes, we all have hardships, right? We have had hardships. We've all gone through some things, but we have two choices. We have two choices. We can either sit here in this live chat right now and we can compare the hell that we've all been through or we can rejoice that the kingdom of God is within us, like it says in Luke 17, 21. We can let the hell we've gone through conform us to the ways and the will of the world, or we can let the renewing of our minds transform us and let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You have been sent out as he has been sent out. That's either true or it isn't. And I'm not about to make the word of God wrong, so I'll say it's true. And because it's true, see, that means this isn't about just getting through life. Because Jesus didn't just get through life. But unfortunately, I think a lot of Christians are in survival mode. Again, I see it all over my Instagram, all through my comments. Christianity isn't about survival mode. You were in survival mode before you were transferred from the kingdom of darkness. It's not survival mode now, not with him. God doesn't want us to just use him as the crutch we have to get through life. God wants his people to reveal him in the midst of life. No matter what it is you've gone through or are going through, he wants you to make him seen and known. That's not survival. That's true transformation. We have been sent as he, Jesus, has been sent. Those aren't just words. It's not just theology. It's not just scripture to read. It's something to live by. It's reality. He wants us to look like him. He paid for that. We're bought with a price. And people think that because I talk like this, like the Bible is true, that I'm saying that I'm perfect or that I never stumble or that I myself don't go through hardships or trials. No, <laughs> no, trust me, no. It's just that I wanna tell you about him. I wanna tell you about him more than I want to tell you about my hardships, okay? I wanna rejoice in his victory and our freedom in his victory more than I want to boast in the struggle of any of my circumstances. And it doesn't mean that they aren't there, okay? It just means that even though they are, 
More importantly, he is there in the midst of that. He is within me in the midst of that. So my eyes are on him. My eyes are on my God, not my circumstances. I don't want to have my complaints on my tongue. I only want to have his praise on my tongue. And I don't want you to think that I'm better than you or that I think I'm better than you. I don't want you to think I'm this anointed, great young woman that's light years ahead of you, which is something I heard someone speak of me recently because I don't want that flattery. And it's not, it's not like that. And it's not about me. None of it is about me and it's not about you. That's the thing. It's not about either of us. That's why when people take things personal and comment stuff like on my last video about forgiveness, verbatim, um, hello, some of us have been through a lot of trauma. I know they haven't been transformed by the renewing of their mind because conformity of the world says my trauma, my this, my that, but it's not about you guys. It's not about me. It's about him. I'm desperate for you to see it all through that same lens. That's all, that's all, that's all this is. I promise it's just so much better to look vertically than horizontally. To see him or to see and to think in terms of him rather than to see or to think in terms of me or you. I just don't want you to be cheated by thinking outside of him. I want you to know that you are complete in him the way I know you're complete in him, the way he sees you as complete in him. I don't want you to be driven by insecurity. I want you to be driven by the finished work on the cross because let me tell you, actually believing the word when it says that I am reckoned dead and alive unto Jesus Christ, not just intellectualizing it, but believing it has changed everything for me on this walk. That's why mind renewal is my favorite topic. Mind renewal is my favorite topic because it all comes back to that Romans 12, two verse, the point of this entire video. And the thing is with that, I'm no longer conformed, but truly transformed because I'm not thinking the way I was trained to think. I'm thinking the way Jesus has taught me and is teaching me to think. That's why I love this topic. That's what I want to encourage you with. Do not think the way you were trained to think. Think the way he has taught you to think. 1 Corinthians 7.22 For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. I love that verse. And that's what it's about, y'all. You are free when you are his. You have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. Do you know what that means? Like, do you know what that means? Better yet than just knowing it, do you believe it? That the, that the same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you? Do you know that, but do you believe that? because it's true. It's not just something your Bible says, it's something your Bible means. And he wants you to believe them, right? The word is truth. Jesus is the word made flesh. He wants you to believe him and to walk by that. The scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight after all. 
So it comes back to what we talked about at the beginning, right? The childlike faith, the childlike faith. It's a faith that just believes. It's a faith that just trusts. It's a faith that trusts that what is being promised is what is true. So don't get, you know, don't get in your head about what is, yeah, this or that, or yeah, but what about, but what about, but what about, okay, but this and that. No, the verse says we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay. We walk by faith, not by sight. Sight wants to analyze. Sight wants to comprehend. Sight wants evidence. And sight wants to conform to the ways of the world. But it's faith that renews the mind. And it's the renewal of the mind that transforms. And as far as evidence goes, the cross is your evidence. All we have to do is walk by the faith that we believe him. And it's childlike faith because it's simple. The gospel is simple. And again, I know a lot of people get angry in the body of Christ. I've seen it a lot when you talk about the word faith. And I know that, especially because the more I've talked about faith, the more people have gotten upset with me. And I can only assume that their assumption is that by emphasizing your faith or by emphasizing my my faith, it's that somehow it takes away from his grace, right? And that's why they might get offended. But our faith doesn't play a role in spite of the cross. It plays a role because of the cross. Faith is not instead of him. Faith is because of him. After all, the, world, the word tells us that we have been saved by grace through faith. But the mistake we make here is confusing grace with mercy. We confuse grace with mercy. And I heard the difference best explained this way, that the grace of God isn't the mercy of God, right? Grace is the empowerment of God. See, the mercy of God gives you a chance when you didn't deserve it. And the grace of God empowers you now that you've been given a chance. That's why it is by grace through faith that we have been saved because mercy allows for grace and then grace empowers faith. And we may speak with our mouths that we have that faith, but has our mind really been transformed by that faith? Or do we go through something hard and it shipwrecks our faith instead? Leading us back to that survival mode of just being covered by grace that gets us through life when really the point of the gospel is to be saved by grace. It's not to get through it. It's to be saved by grace that empowers us in life to reveal him in all things. And again, I don't speak any of this to chastise or to condemn you. My point in all of this is that I just don't want you to get cheated in thinking outside of him. So we have here Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Again, Colossians 2.8. So what that really means is don't let anyone talk you out of Christ including you. Don't let anyone talk you out of the single-eyed, narrow truth 
Don't let anyone decide your destiny if, if it ain't the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Don't identify your life by your life, but to the one who gave it. Don't let circumstance shipwreck your faith. Be not conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Friends, that mind renewal is only possible because you were saved by grace. Again, grace is different than mercy. Grace empowers you because it is saving grace through faith. So have faith in it, right? See, none of this takes away from him. None of this language is to put the glory on ourselves or our own strength or our own understanding or our own works because it is his grace that empowers. It is his grace that saves. It's because his word is true that any of this can be true for us. And on the contrary, conforming to the world would actually mean and believe that it is self-will. But transformed by the renewing of our minds believes it's willed by God. That it is, in fact, what does that verse say? The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. By God. And the New Age stole this from God, by the way, this mind renewal thing. Not the other way around. This is like I said toward the beginning how lately I've been getting a lot of like, oh, her former New Age teachings are bleeding into her interpretation of scripture. Um, it's become like one of my most popular criticisms as of recent, which is ironic because this is the closest I've been to Christ. This is the deepest in the word I've been. This is the most intimate with him I've been. This is, I'm under great discipleship. I'm in fervent prayer and Bible study now more than ever. Uh, go figure, right? Um, but that's the thing, right? New age counterfeits. And I we talk about that so much. I spent the first year being saved. This is, I'm officially walking. I'm officially over two years saved now. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But I spent the first whole, the whole first year, um, not the whole second year. Does that mean I'm going into my third? I can't do math. I can't, yes. A anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, I spent the first whole year talking about new age counterfeits. We hear that a lot amongst ex-New Agers turned Christians, right? The New Age is a counterfeit. The New Age is a counterfeit. The New Age is a counterfeit. Even Christian teachers that have had never had anything to do with the New Age will say the same thing. Like the New Age is counterfeit spirituality. It's counterfeit. It's counterfeit. But they never offer what the authentic is. And I'm guilty of doing the same thing the first year of my walk. Like... What's the authentic? If there's a if there's a fraudulent, there has to be an authentic. If there's a if there's a phony, there has to be an authentic. If there's a lie, there has to be a truth. And so just praise the Lord that my my spiritual maturity has deepened in this area because I'm no longer afraid of giving God the glory for what is actually his. Okay? I'm not afraid of giving God the glory for what is actually his. So I'm not afraid to talk about the authentic anymore. Underneath every counterfeit rock is the authentic. Okay. The devil can only steal, kill, and destroy. 
and the most popular teachings of new age are counterfeits because he can only steal, kill, and destroy. The definition of counterfeit, by the way, made an exact imitation of something, made an exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intention to deceive or defraud. Also defined as a fraudulent imitation of something else, a forgery. So the power of faith and belief, the power of the mind, the power of speaking things into existence, all of this and the rest of everything else taught in the new age, it's not that they lack truth. It's that they are imitations of what is true. And who owns truth? God owns truth. The devil can only steal, kill, and destroy. Y'all, he can't create. He can only manipulate and forge fraudulent versions of what God has already created. We give the devil way too much credit in the body of Christ. Oh, you're claiming the power of faith? That's new age infiltrating the church. No, that's proving Jesus's words true when he proclaims faith makes us well, faith makes us whole, faith heals us, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain, praying anything in faith means it will come to pass. That's not new age. Those are verses in your Bible. But yes, New Age steals everything because the devil steals everything that belongs to God and he perverts it. That definition said imitation of the truth. It didn't say some made up fairy tale. It said imitation of the truth. God owns truth. Mind renewal belongs to God. Faith belongs to God. The power of your mind belongs to God. The new age isn't wrong when it claims our mind is powerful. It's just wrong when it claims the source, because you have to remember Satan's same old song and dance always consists of the same thing that he told Eve in the garden, right? That she too could be like God. So he does the same exact thing with these biblical truths that he perverts into new age spiritualist distortions. Mind renewal in the new age says it's all by your own strength to transform your life by the power of your beliefs because of your higher self, because of your cosmic divinity, because you too can be like God, right? But biblical mind renewal, so that's an imitation of the truth because the truth is biblical mind renewal acknowledges that it is only by the power of his Holy Spirit indwelling within us that any of this is made possible. All glory goes back to him. None of it comes back to us. Remember, it's his grace that empowers us. The word says where the flesh is weak, the spirit is always willing. We can only claim this faith and embody this faith by the power of his Holy Spirit. Because without him, we, we can do nothing. They would never admit that in the new age. Without him, we can do nothing. So look, don't fall for this lie that this is, oh, some new age teaching, her old teachings are bleeding into, no, it's not. At some point, we as the church have to have the spiritual maturity to recognize the supernatural reality of the world we live in that God created. We have to recognize the supernatural reality of the God that we serve and stop giving the devil all the credit. You mean to tell me the devil's the only one out here with supernatural power? I'm going to stop there because I honestly want to save that topic for another day. 
I plan on diving more in depth into this on the future and having more content out on it. Just this mindset in the church that all power belongs, all supernatural power comes from the new age. It all comes from Satan. It all comes from the enemy. And even though we as the church can always call the new age a counterfeit, we never actually have anything to show for what the godly authentic is. Unless, of course, we say that ceased with the Bible, with the last verse of the Bible. But anyway, God has just been showing me so much with this, right? God has been showing me so much with this. Um, but I want to save that for another day. I just... My point in sharing this much is that, like I've been saying, I just don't want you to be cheated out of what it means to not be conformed to the ways of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to know that being transformed by the renewing of your mind is possible, and it's not new age, it's biblical. It's in your Bible. Jesus emphasizes and loves and desires your faith. So I don't want you to be cheated out of walking in the truth that you have indeed been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I don't want you to be cheated out of faith by succumbing to a lie that the grace you have been saved by is just for heaven. Y'all, we're saved right now. Like, how cool is that? We are saved right now. And we can live like that. We can live like we're saved. We don't have to wait for heaven. Now, with all this talk about mind renewal, okay, you may ask yourself, but what if I still get bad thoughts? Does that mean I'm not free? Does that mean I haven't actually been transferred? Should it just be all like rose petals and gardens all the time? Not at all, not what I'm saying, right? Like I already said before, it's not this Pollyanna positivity thing where Christians don't go through stuff. It's just about revealing him through the stuff that we go through by what we've been transformed by not what we are conformed to by thinking as he teaches us not as we have been trained to right so let me explain i mentioned in the first part of the series if you watch the repentance episode which by the way if you haven't already you totally should um that and the forgiveness okay there's the plug um I mentioned in that episode, in that repentance episode, that we have pastors preaching from the pulpit. Oh, if you could put my thoughts on a projector, I'd be in trouble. Ha ha ha. And that's like a massive issue <laughs> in the church because we've gotten comfortable with this idea that it's normal to just boast in our failures, right? When Jesus promises that we've been made new. And that's true, right? We shouldn't be boasting from the pulpit. My thoughts on a projector would get me in trouble. We should be boasting 2 Corinthians 10.5, which says that we actually don't boast. We destroy, we don't laugh at, we destroy lofty, ar or we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought, every thought captive to obey Christ. Okay, because this way, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 way, we are not boasting in failure. We are rejoicing in his victory. With 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we are not conformed by the ways of the world that may say, you know, my thoughts on a projector would get me in trouble, but we're actually transformed by the renewing of the mind that says, 
I can actually take those thoughts captive right now. See, we shouldn't be laughing off worldly conformity in our minds from the pulpit or from any other capacity within the body of Christ. We need to be rejoicing in the transformation, not boasting in the conformity. So that being said, does this mean a complete lack of negative thoughts at all times? No, it means we have the ability, as the scripture says, to take those thoughts captive, captive to Christ, because they are lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. Because per Romans 12, 2, the will of God is good and acceptable and perfect. So what is good and acceptable and perfect is truth. And everything antithetical to that, it's an argument. It's a lie and it needs to be laid out at the foot of the cross. So will I never have a negative thought again? Just like my video with repentance. It's not about waking up and trying not to sin, right? Just like my video with forgiveness. It's not about waking up and trying to forgive. This is no different because this isn't about waking up and trying not to think bad things or trying not to have any negative thought ever. It's not about trying not to have a bad memory come up or a self-deprecating thought or an anxious thought or a depressive thought, whatever, come up. It's not about waking up and trying your best to avoid negative thoughts. It's about waking up and knowing you belong to him. And because you belong to him, you have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. And so because of that, because of what is true, which is always the word, and Jesus is the word made flesh, because of that, you can take those lofty opinions that raise themselves against the knowledge of God captive to Christ so that you can reveal him in all things. Not just get through life, but reveal him in the midst of life. So see, I'm not asking you to forget the problem. I'm encouraging you to focus on the answer that we all have. Him. Put every thought in submission. Every thought captive to Christ. Truth is the answer because those thoughts raising themselves against that truth, they're obviously lies. Okay, and this is the working out, right? Where it says in scripture that we work out our salvation. Faith without works is dead. What if that isn't always about keeping up an appearance, right? What if that's actually about the transforming in the renewal? So, no, look, I'm going to be honest because I love you. I don't want to validate your feelings when you comment me things like, oh, but I've been through this, but I've been through that, but my trauma, but my anxiety, but my mental illness, but my this, but my that, but me, 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 me. I don't want to validate your feelings. I want to fortify your faith. Because by taking that stuff captive, your experiences and your thoughts and your feelings, you are submitting to God. And what does the word say? James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
The goal isn't to make the problems or the bad thoughts go away per se. The goal is that you don't believe them. Because the enemy's never going to stop trying. He's never going to stop trying to get in your mind because if he can get in your mind, he can get into your heart. And as a man thinks, so he is, right? Again, that's not new age. That's your Bible. He's never going to stop trying. But we can stop believing him. The devil is an accuser. There is no truth in him. That's what it says in the scriptures. He's not going to tell you the truth. He's going to tell you a lie that conforms you to the ways of the world because he doesn't want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's going to have you submit to your feelings. But the word says that the truth is what sets you free. So when we submit to truth, we submit to God. And when we submit to God, we resist the devil and he goes away. It's faith. It's faith. Don't let it be so easy for you to hold on to the lies because it costs you the truth. Because remember, the devil perverts everything. And you were already bought. So don't let it cost you the truth because you were already bought with a price. We all were at the same price. So we all have the same value. And that doesn't mean we don't have different callings or different struggles or different this or different that. But ultimately, we're all bought with the same price. We all have the same value. And so we all have the same purpose. This is the unity of the faith. And so the devil has the same goal with each of us to steal, kill, and destroy he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, keeping your eyes single on that purpose. Jesus, keeping your eyes single on Jesus. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your mind renewal in that purpose that does transform you. Again, the enemy wants to get in your mind so that he can get into your heart because that's how he shipwrecks your faith. So just don't believe him. Just don't believe him. You know those thoughts are lies. You know these feelings and arguments against are against God because they don't match his word. They don't match his promises. They don't match his son. And they don't match his new life in you. They are antithetical to his spirit that now lives within you. And when you test them, Romans 12, 2, you discern that they are, in fact, not the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So take it captive. Don't believe the devil. Take it captive. Don't let him get you in your feelings. Don't let him get you to take things personally. <sighs> Preaching to myself. Don't let him have you finding your identity in the conformity of the world that trained you to be a certain way. Because remember, self-centeredness is a wicked lie. Hey, that's fun. My camera shut off. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys, I'm still here. My camera just shut off for no reason. Hold on. Please hold. Please hold. Please hold. Please hold. Please hold. <laughs> I'm still here. Can you all hear me? Why did that happen? Like, why? Why? Hi, please come help. 
Like now, thank you. Oh boy, I'm still here. I'm not going, please don't leave. Dude, like, <laughs> I can't, don't leave. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, why? Why, like why? Why, why, why does that happen? I'm just gonna keep talking so y'all know I'm still here. Yeah, the camera shut off. Like I don't I don't know why. What what do I do about that? Like <laughs> like what do I do about that? Mike's here, everyone. Yep, I'm still here. Uh-huh. And no, what do I do? There it is. Wait, it's there. Hi. Hi. Okay. Wonderful. This is fun. Oh my gosh. Where were we? Where were we? Okay. Don't let the devil get you in your feelings. That's what I just said. I'm not in my feelings. <laughs> okay. It's back. Oh, look. And now the other cameras work again too. Awesome. Well, now my lip is sweating because that made me incredibly nervous. Let me just take a sip of water and recalibrate. Live streaming is a trip. I don't get it either. I don't know. I'm going to keep going. Please don't leave the room again. <laughs> um, what? This camera's on now. Can you switch them back and forth again? Is it working? Okay. Hello. Where were we? <laughs> okay. Um... Where were we guys? For real, where was I? Take it all captive, don't believe the devil. Somewhere around there. Um, okay, don't let the devil get you in your feelings. Don't let him get you to take things personally. Don't let the devil have you finding your identity in the conformity of the world that has trained you to be a certain way because Self-centeredness is a wretched lie and pride is the root of all sin. Pride conforms to the world, but pride has no place in you who is reckoned dead and made alive unto Christ, okay? This is what the Bible means by walking in the spirit. Jesus didn't say, if any man follow me, pray a prayer and go to heaven. Hello? It turned off again. What did you do? Mike. We're okay. I turned this one on. Oh my gosh. This is, we gotta, we gotta hurry up. So, so now the cameras don't work. They're overheating. What does that mean? Do I need new cameras? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus didn't say, if any man follow me, pray a prayer to go to heaven. He said, if any man follow me, deny himself. So submitting to the lies that make it about you is not denying yourself. It's indulging yourself. It's pride. It's the opposite of resisting the devil. 
You know, anytime, this is apropos, isn't it? Because of all the stuff going on. Anytime in my personal life where I am bothered or upset or discontent or worried, it's because I'm not walking in the spirit. It's because I am believing a lie rather than submitting to the truth. Anytime I am any of the above, it's because I am conforming to the world rather than being transformed by the renewing of my mind. It's because I'm not reckoning myself actually dead and alive unto him. It's because I'm not denying myself. So look, we don't always need someone to pray for us. We don't always need deliverance. Sometimes we just really need to stop musing. We just need to stop musing and do what our heavenly father has instructed us to do in his love letter to humanity, the Holy Bible, and take it to him. This is why getting in the word is so important. This is why knowing the word is so important because when you know the word, you can easily detect thoughts that are lies. Right? When you have the word of God stored in your heart, you can easily recognize the arguments and lofty opinions that are trying to exalt themselves over that word. Which, by the way, is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so you can take that all captive to him. You can submit to him. Like I said in the beginning, we are not of the world, but we have been sent into the world as Christ was sent into the world. That's not just so that we can get through life by the skin of our teeth, but that's so we can reveal him in the midst of life. Again, you were bought with a price, so stop allowing yourself to be sold out to lies of the world and lies of the enemy by falling for that belief in what those lies are speaking of you and to you. Because the truth is, the whole goal of the gospel isn't getting to heaven when the bell rings. The whole goal of the gospel is to bear fruit that lasts. People know you by your fruit, not your church attendance, not your years studying theology, right? Not how many blue letter Bibles you have or how many different study versions of the Bible you have or whatever letters are next to your name with whatever doctorate you have. And I'm not insulting those things. I'm saying that the Bible says, know them by their fruit. And we bear fruit that lasts when we are conformed, not by the ways of this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. When we not only receive the love of Christ, but when we actually become the love of Christ. When our Christianity is more than what we can get from him, when it's about what we can become because of him. Okay? So thank God for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by and through and because of all things are possible. Now, by the grace of God, we have made it to the end. I want to pray for you. It will be a quick prayer because not just because of, I'm afraid the camera's going to shut off, but because I want to keep the focus on your belief. Okay. I don't want this to be my prayer that I pray over you and like, Holy Spirit, come. The word says the truth sets you free, not prayer. So I just want to encourage you tonight to believe him. To have faith. Faith comes 
from hearing the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. So after we hang out in the chat for a bit, please get into the word tonight. After this live stream particularly, um, I would recommend Colossians. I would recommend Colossians. Okay. All right. So we're going to pray. Then we'll spend some time in Q&A if the Lord wills that. Um, and then we'll get off and read our Bibles or eat dinner and read our Bibles. Either way, we're going to read our Bibles. Okay. So let's swear. Let's swear to it in the chat right now. Make a commitment in the chat that you're going to get off this stream and read your Bible at some point tonight before you go to bed. And we'll come back next week for part four with the confirmation that we did it. Okay. We're going to hang out in the chat. Let me just pray. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sustaining this uh, live stream by, by a thread of grace, Lord. Um, we love you, Father. We honor you in all things. We thank you that your word is always true. We thank you that we count ourselves a liar and that we count you as true. Father, we thank you that it is your mercy that has given us a chance. And we thank you that it is your grace that empowers us once we have received that chance, Lord. We thank you that your word is always true, that it never returns void, Lord, that we have not been made of the world, but we have been sent into the world to walk in the light as we are the light. And Lord, right now we just all come to you in agreement. Your word says when two or more are, there you are in the midst. So we come to you right now in agreement, Father. And we just come to you in supplication and thanksgiving and just, and just say to you, Father, that we agree to not be transformed or to not, we agree not to be conformed by the ways of this world. We agree not to be conformed by selfishness or to self-centeredness or to lies. We agree to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Father God. We have faith in you, faith that works, Lord, faith that is saved by grace because your grace has empowered that faith. And so we thank you for that, Lord. We're just making a commitment right now to take any thought that exalts itself over your word captive to you. And we are making a commitment to actually be intentional with our scripture study, Lord, so that we know that word, so that we can combat those lies. And Father, we love you and we thank you and we honor you and we pray all these things in the mighty matchless name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I pray that you are blessed by it. Please do consider financially partnering with the ministry. Different ways to support the show are listed in the episode description. So be sure to check that out. If you were fed today, don't just dine and dash. <laughs> and be sure to share this episode with a friend or family member that you feel could use it. Post it to your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you for supporting Heaven and Healing. If you are interested in hearing or watching the Q&A live chat that happens at the end of every live stream, you'll have to subscribe to Heaven and Healing Podcast on YouTube to watch the rest of the stream where we do that live Q&A at the end. Thank you all so much again and God bless.